Welcome builders from Lakeland, Florida. This is the Build Your Success Leadership Podcast with your host, Brian Brogen. We're going to empower and equip you to build yourself and then build others. Now, let's build up with your host, Brian Brogen. Well, hello, builders. It is great to have you listening to this episode of the Build Your Success Podcast. Listen, we love to build you so you can build others. We hope you're building a business, building a company, building a team. Whatever you're working on or towards, we want to be part of that journey. We do that through some special training. We come into your business, maybe we do it virtually, and we just build your team and lift them up and help encourage them to be a better team. But we also do that through special guests, and I am excited today to have a guest. We have got Tommy Dahlborg on the on the podcast today. Tommy is a man who was lucky enough to discover the power of vulnerability at a really young age. Tommy hosts a podcast that is all about embracing our vulnerability, sharing our stories, and helping people to know that whatever they're going through, they're not alone. Someone else has been in similar situation. Someone else understands what you're going through. And man, there's power in that. So love that intro that you wrote for us here, Tommy. It's great to, to have you on the podcast today. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, Brian, I'm so excited to be here. And I got to say, I got to compliment you on pronouncing my last name correctly. Everybody says Dahlberg. And I'm like, hey, man, that's an O at the end. It's Dahlberg. Come on. So you crushed it. I, I'm pumped to be here. Thank you. <laughs> well, here's here's my deal. And I, and I should have done it before pre-show. I'm, I, I wish I would have when I read it, but I'm glad I got it right. I pronounce everything by sounding it out. So imagine my Southern embarrassment when the first time I saw hors d'oeuvres spelled out. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's hysterical. That, that might take a few minutes for the listeners, but just think about that for a minute. And you'll, you'll get it eventually. <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. So, so that's one of my vulnerabilities, man. I, I just sound things out and sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's consistent. That's it what we're consistent. looking for. <laughs> there you go. Well, you know what you, you host a podcast. So for, let's start off with that. Tell our listeners why you started a podcast, why you do this crazy thing that we all do and, and enjoy. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. I would love to. So like you said, it's called the strength through vulnerability podcast. And when I tell people about it, I often say that it's really a culmination of my entire life. You know, I, I started it because I've lived with anxiety my entire life and seeking out professional help was never something that was on my radar, never even considered it until I was at, I was experiencing the peak of my anxiety and I finally opened up to a then girlfriend. And I remember had this conversation with her, shared a little bit about what was going on in my life, in my head. And she said to me, Hey, Tommy, I struggle with anxiety too. Like I actually saw a psychiatrist like six years ago. And in fact, I still see them to this day and I had to get on medication because that's what was right for me. And so it's okay to talk about these things. And I remember leaving that conversation being like, Holy cow. Wait, if she who from the outside looking in is completely normal. You'd have no idea she had issues with anxiety. If she can go and seek out professional help, then maybe I can too. And so I remember leaving that conversation, pretty sure it was the very next day. I talked to my parents about going to seek out help from a psychiatrist and they're both incredibly supportive. They actually professionally worked with a psychiatrist in the past and set me up to go and, and see him. 
And that set me on this path of, of learning about the brain, but also my brain in particular. And as time went on and I began to learn more and heal more, I really, I wanted to help other people and I wasn't sure how to do it because I went to school for finance. My, my full-time gig is as a financial analyst, but you know, I love to talk, right? And I've been wanting to start a podcast or I had been wanting to start a podcast for a couple of years and just had no idea what I wanted to talk about. And then all of a sudden I was like, holy crap, I should probably talk about the thing that impacts me every single day of my life and a couple of things that I truly believe in, which is the power or the strength of vulnerability and the power of story. And so I started up the podcast and I've just been blessed with so many amazing guests who have come on and shared their stories. It's also a platform for me to share my story. And, you know, man, there's nothing better than when a listener reaches out and was like, hey, like this story that was shared on your show, that's exactly what I'm going through right now. And that's that's what I needed to hear. And that's what it's all about. So it's been such a blessing. It is wonderful. And and. You know, I've encouraged others. I've got a couple friends that have actually started their own podcast after I gave them a few pointers and tips. And that's how I got started. Someone told me how to do it. And, you know, this podcasting world, I don't think there's enough of us yet. You know, it's very popular. There's a lot of things going on, but nobody has your voice. Somebody that's listening to this today, no one has your voice. And mm-hmm. so only you can put that out and, and only you can give your experience and your stories. It's, it's just a powerful tool that we have. And to think there's so many billion people in the earth and a few people want to listen to me, you know, that, that's, that's just great. And, and I can share my story and I can listen to other stories. And, and, and I've learned so much interviewing guests and learning from them. I do want to ask you something we ask most of our guests today. What does leadership and being a leader mean to Tommy Dahlborg? Nailed it. <laughs> now, you know, it's funny. I, I, I listened to a podcast of yours. I heard that question. I was like, okay, I need to prep for this one. And, you know, I'm going to be honest, I don't have like a sexy definition of leadership, but I went back and thought about what is a consistency amongst leadership. And what I kind of drilled down to was that leaders drive change and good leaders drive positive change. And so to me, that's what like the very simple definition of leadership is, is driving change. But to expand upon that a bit more, I'm a huge advocate of and believer in servant leadership and really, you know, building up the people around you to help to achieve a mission of an organization or, or of another individual. You know, there's this guy who a lot of your listeners probably know, cause he's huge on social media named Gary Vaynerchuk. He's like, when you're the CEO of an organization, your employees don't work for you. You work for them. You work to build them up to help achieve a mission or a goal. And so that's, that's some of my thoughts about leadership. <laughs> that is wonderful. And something you wrote down on your application, I want, I want to say leadership is helping others see what they are truly capable of. Mm, so so yes. I drew that out of what you wrote down to the, to the application. And for the listeners, Tommy's dad recommended him to this podcast and he filled out our application. Anyone can do that. If you will take the time, go to our website, fill out this application and, and we'll consider you as a guest of the podcast. But I love that in your application that you said leadership is helping others to see what they are truly capable of. Mm. That that's, I just became a co-author in a book called the one habit series. And, and the one habit that I did was finding at what people are capable of and finding what myself, what I'm capable of those just, I want to discover 
the inner potential of others because it's so empowering to recognize people and what they're capable of and not only them, but what I'm capable of. Mm-hmm. And, and I love the way you started out on your, on, on your definition early about your podcast and then, and the, and your vulnerability, you know, there's, there are a lot of podcasters and of course it's going to be the name brand was the ones that are very well known that want to show this lifestyle that's picture perfect. It's catalog. Mm. There's a jet behind them. They, you know, they're gold and all these things. Those people have just as many problems as, as you and I do. And as, as the listeners do, they are just as vulnerable. They're human beings, man. So I think too often leaders and, and you've got this in here. So let, let me just read that. It's a great place for it. You said vulnerability in leadership. For so long, leaders seem to be trained to act as if they had always had their act together. Hmm. You, you never let them see a sweat so, is something I think of. Don't let them see your weak side. You know, early on, that's the way they trained and coached us. I'm, I'm quite a bit older than you are. And, and, and there was, don't show them your weaknesses. And, hmm. and I love this, this turnaround where, where younger people are encouraging us to just embrace these. We, we all have them. Mm-hmm. So, so why not? Let them know, I'm, I'm, hey, you know, when what I discovered is when I told my team how vulnerable I was and said, hey, I need your help. They stepped up to help me at that point. It's like, okay, he's not just this guy that's got everything figured out. He needs help. He needs us. He needs this team. He needs this collective group of people to make something happen. Has he been named the leader? Yes. Has, has he done, got some training and some skills and, and some credentials? Yes, but he's still a human being that needs help from others. And so, so talk about that a little bit for us, how leaders seem to be trained as act as if they have always had their act together. Mm, man, I think that you just spoke so well to it. And, uh, you know, I, one example I recently heard was that what, no matter which way you lean when it comes to the political spectrum, they were, they were giving somebody was giving this example of the times where they connected with President Obama the most was when he would get up on stage or on camera and tear up. And I thought that there was so much to be said there, right? Like in this example, he's not the president of the United States acting like he's incredibly weak, allowing everybody else to take advantage of him, but rather he's being vulnerable and sharing an emotion that we all experience for the sake of connection, right? Like when you, to me, connection is, one of the most important things in in all of our lives. In fact, like we need to be connected. And and if we if we're not, we risk some real, real, really tough things could happen, right? Like a lot of times, people are depressed because they're not connected because they don't have community. And one of the ways that we can rid ourselves of connection is by not being vulnerable, by not showing these emotions, showing that we're all human and we all experience these things we hope you're enjoying today's podcast this podcast is sponsored by build consulting services are you ready to reduce workplace conflict reduce employee turnover and increase your productivity if you're ready to put brian to work for your company give him a call at 863-800-9658 or email him at brianb at buildcs.net now back to today's episode Another example I love to use too is when the COVID-19 pandemic really 
started coming to light. I was going into the office still, and it was February at this point. And, you know, I remember my boss coming in and, and just being real and being like, Hey, like I have, I don't know exactly like what's going to happen, um, with this whole COVID-19 thing, whatever that is. <laughs> uh, but you know what, we're just going to go day by day and, and see what happens and, and support each other. That was a really vulnerable moment for him to open up and be like, Hey, I'm not sure what this is going to look like. I'm not sure how this is going to financially impact the bank. I'm not sure how this is going to impact our team. But the reality is, and the truth is that I'm going to be here with you guys no matter what anyways. That to me, helped me see my boss in a whole new way, as opposed to if he just treated it like he wasn't concerned at all. If he just came in, he was like, oh yeah, we'll be fine. We'll work it out. You know, like that would just not hit me the same way. I wouldn't feel the same connection. He, he wouldn't have been building that emotional bond between me and the rest of the guys on our team. Um, and so... I think that there's this incredible change, this flip in how we're creating leaders. Like you mentioned, this this younger generation perhaps is bringing more light to the need to be vulnerable. Um, but there also is still a truth in the fact that there's like a difference between organizational vulnerabilities and individual vulnerabilities. And I say that meaning, if we were to use football as an example, say a team has a terrible offensive line. Well, as soon as the defense knows the offensive line isn't very good, they're definitely going to take advantage of that. Like that's an organizational vulnerability that you need to clean up. But an individual vulnerability, like somebody who suffers from OCD, like myself, and, and is anxious, when I can use my story and be vulnerable and share the fact that I have OCD, I can be a leader in the way of me sharing my story and helping connect with other people who are in a similar position and therefore help them to better themselves too. So there's definitely a difference between organizational vulnerability and individual vulnerability. And I've kind of been ranting a little bit. I hope that I'm still, I'm still with you. <laughs> You're with me 100%. You were awesome. talking about the importance of connection. And uh, mm. I was able, I, I learned a lesson. I had a uh, engineer speak to a group of students that I was mentoring at, at a high school one time. And he was talking about how they glued foam together to, to support this sandy area. St moral of the story though is short story version is I discovered years ago about how when you join things together, either with wood glue, welding, plastic welding, fusion welding, the connection becomes stronger than the parent material. So if you oh. put it in a hydrostatic test and you, and you expand it to its capacity it, with pipe, as an example, the pipe will explode first and, and it will boy before the join section does. Wow. And with wood, if you glue wood together, when you pull it apart, the pieces of wood are coming with the glue. You're going to break the wood before you break the glue. Mm. And, it, and a leadership lesson there is how powerful the connections are. And, and we hitch together, bound together as a group and connected we're going to be so much stronger than we are individually. It's, it's just, it's just amazing how science and real world examples show us the way to do things. Mm. You know, something else you said about this, this vulnerability and relating and, and connecting, you know, often we, we try to find out, you know, where someone went to school, where they're from, what team they like, these things that, that make a relatable connection for us. Mm. 
But if it is something that they're vulnerable with, how much more powerful is that connection uh, that, that, that you share something, maybe you're, you're a cancer survivor, man, you're going to be very empathetic to that person. You're going to, you're going to know what they went through mm. and, and same thing with any other kind of vulnerability. It's going to be such a greater bond than just what team, where you went to school, where you're from, those type of things. Th- those are bonding things that you can, you can relate. But man, when you get down to something somebody's been through, the struggle, that's going to be a powerful connection there. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I can't agree more. And I'm not sure if I said this to you when we met. So for the people who don't do podcasting, usually what people do is they get together for like a, a pre-interview. It's usually like a 15-minute chat. And so Brian and I did that. And I, I don't remember if I told you this in that moment, but you know, I've found that when somebody's coming to talk about potentially coming on the strength through vulnerability podcast, and we're going to have a 15 minute chat, I feel like my bond with them, my relationship with them grows so much deeper in a 15 minute conversation, talking about some stuff that's super, super real than my relationships are with some people I went to school with for 12 years, you know, people I graduated high school with, I don't know a, a single thing about them. I just know what they look like. <laughs> but when I talk to these people for 15 minutes, I get to hear that, oh my gosh, like their child committed suicide or they're, they're, they've been struggling with depression and suicidal ideation for their entire lives. And they've actually tried to commit suicide themselves. Like so there's so many other things beyond, beyond suicide as well, where even if I haven't been in a sim or the exact same situation, we all experience the same emotions. So we can all meet each other in that emotion. That's that's the key. That's to me the most powerful aspect of emotions is its ability to connect us. And to go back to kind of what we were talking about earlier is if our leaders are trained to just be stoic and act like we have it all together all the time, then that connection is truly just never happening because those emotions are never being sh- so uh, being shown. Yeah, that that that's great stuff there. One thing I want to encourage the listeners and just had this thought. So I want to share it right here. It's the way this mm. stuff works, right? Is exactly be careful when you use the phrase, I know what you're going through because mm. sometimes it's not, it's not exactly the same. You know, it, you can say I can relate to that or something, but to say, you know, what someone's going through, boy, you have better have, have been in their moccasins for a little while. And, and it, cause it could be totally different than your experience. I mean, you, as cancer is an example, if someone's went through that and they came through it in, in three months versus two years, those are two totally different ideas. You got some relate relatable things there, but you, you can't say, you know, what someone's going through. You got to be careful with that statement. Oh gosh, you're so right. It's almost like it minimizes what that person is going through. Like that's a moment of somebody being vulnerable and sharing what they're going through. And this is a real opportunity for the listener to show empathy and be like, wow, that really sucks. Or to like meet them in that emotion. And you completely minimize their situation when you say, oh yeah, yeah, I've been there. Mm. Or well, I know you said that as an example, that's not as bad, but if you're like, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like a lot of times the other person's gonna be like, do you really? Cause this really sucks. I don't know if you do. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, and it, when it's distance for the other person, that's, that's different than someone that's in the moment. I mean, it's totally mm. different when, when you've got space between your, your trial and your someone that's in the moment, it, it's hard for them to understand that they can get through it. I mean, it's, oh. it, it, it's, it's hard. 
And yeah. we just got to be careful. You know, sometimes the best thing said is nothing at all. Oh my gosh. Yes. I completely agree. You know, I, I think one of the biggest pieces of advice I would leave people with who are listening to this is don't try to offer a silver lining to somebody who's in the battle, you know, cause they're not going to be able to see it. And, and even if they kind of, you know, take it in, they're like, Oh yeah, you're probably right. Maybe this will turn good someday. It's still not what they need to hear in that moment. And you bring a great point up that sometimes the best thing to do is not say anything. Or the best thing to say is nothing. There was this, show i forget the exact name of it this movie it was called lars and the real girl i believe um ryan gosling was the leading actor and he essentially plays this i believe he was he was autistic i think and um he falls in love with this life-size doll it's a really really silly idea um a really silly movie with a deep meaningful message and so as lars is falling in love with this life-size doll He's like getting married to her. Life is progressing. And all of a sudden, something like changes in Lars's mind to start to think that the real the uh, the doll is dying. And as the doll dies, a community just gathers around him and they're just sitting in a living room one night. It's like four older ladies just gathered around Lars. And he's like, he gets up. He says, I feel like we need to do something. <laughs> And one of the older women was just like, Lars, sometimes the best thing to do is to just sit and just be still. And I think that that's so powerful. You know, a lot of times when the best thing to say is nothing, sometimes the best thing to do is something as simple as giving somebody a hug, you know, just that physical connection, which I know is hard with COVID right now. Some people feel weird about like, yeah, base the situation on how, who the people are around you, but Nonetheless, I totally agree with what you just said. <laughs> yeah, you you just said something about a hug that reminded me of a situation I was in, man. I had to carry a parent, a father, to his son's place of death. Mm. And, and I was awestruck. I mean, I was, what do I do? I don't know what to do. And when we got to the location, another friend of ours had, had got there. And he gave him a hug and I went, you dummy. That's what he needed right there. Mm. And it, I thought, man, next time I'm ever in this situation when I don't know what to do, a hug. It, mm. it, it was so appropriate. And it just wish I had thought of it, you know, mm. I was dumbfounded. I was in shock. I mean, it was definitely a trying, but Hey man, it was one of the vulnerable situations. Let me tell you. And mm. uh, that's something you don't want to experience, but the hug was, was the only thing you needed. You didn't need a, a response, a how to deal with this. He needed a hug. Oh, and, and, I, and I want to remember that the rest of my life, that lesson's going to stick with me. And I, and I want to be there for that. Oh, that's so good. Brian, I'm getting chills over here as you're giving that example, like in telling that story, it's, you will remember that for the rest of your life. I love it. You're and, so right. And, and I want to act upon it. I want to have it so emboldened in me that next time, if I don't really know what to do, give him a hug. It's just that simple. Mm. Something very mm. simple. I remember when my grandmother was passing away, I read some scripture to her right as she passed. And, you know, I'm like choking up while I'm reading the scripture and I'm starting to bawl in tears. And I remember my dad didn't say a word. He just grabbed me and gave me the biggest, strongest hug I've ever had in my life. And that was one of the moments that I felt the most loved in my entire life. It was 
exactly what I needed. So I completely agree with you. Sometimes all it takes is a hug. And you know what, in these, in these difficult times where we had with this COVID, man, there have been a lot of lives lost. Mm. Go give, listen, here's, here's going to be the message for today's podcast. Go give someone a hug. Mm. They don't have to have already lost someone. Just, just go give them a hug. It's the people you, mm. you love, people you care for, they need to know they're loved. So, so just yeah. give them a hug. That, that's, I'm going to end it with that. We're going to end it with go give someone a hug. I love it. If they're going to walk away with anything and it's that, we did well. <laughs> uh, well, I do want to say, though, give you an opportunity to, because you've done a great job today. I, I, I love to hear about your podcast. How can our listeners get in contact with you, social media? Where can they find you? All those great things. Ah, Brian, I really appreciate the opportunity to do that. You know, I have an Instagram page for my podcast. It's at strength underscore through spelled T-H-R-U because it looks better underscore vulnerability. Um, And then also my Facebook page is at strength through vulnerability as well. And I just love connecting with people. So I'm going to throw out my phone number too. If you want to chat over the phone, if you want to text me, please reach out at 207-239-1021. I would, I would love to connect with you. Brian, thanks again for letting me offer that up. Tommy, that's authentic, man. And I know you'll, you'll be there for them when they want to talk to you. So reach out to Tommy. I'm going to include at least the uh, emails and the uh, websites in the show notes. But you got the phone number there. Give him a call. I want to thank you for listening to the podcast today. Listen, if you do, do me a favor. Go over to you wherever you're listening to this podcast. Give us an honest review, an honest rating. Share this podcast with others. Hey, Tommy said some great things today that you can share with someone that needs it and give someone a hug. Remember to build yourself and then build others. Thank you. Want to learn how to build yourself and build your team? Visit www.buildcs.net and learn about Brian's programs, special offers, and more. Build yourself and then build others.